Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 322 featuring Doug Wilkinson, global head of 3D at Buck. Uh, Doug is a really cool cat and I it was great catching up with Doug. It was so interesting to hear some of his stories and his backstories. Uh, what did you think of this uh, uh, podcast with him, Kristen? It was really cool, um, and especially if you listen to the podcast a lot, he talks about a lot of people that have been on the podcast. So, yeah. and you guys have like paralleled, like I don't know, jobs. It's it's really fun to listen to. Um, and he's worked at like DD Sway and now Buck, um, and just discusses some of his like past projects, like the Heineken commercial uh, with David Fincher, and um, working with Joe. C- I don't say his name right, Kaczynski, Kaczynski? In, yeah, <laughs> in car commercials. So yeah, it was just, it was great. Um, really it. cool. Yeah, really cool. It's really interesting to hear. So, I mean, it, it, some of his first jobs, his, like one of his first internship jobs was actually at at, uh, at uh, Neoscape when, with Lon yeah. as, his, as his boss. And yeah. then one of his new bo- first bosses when he worked in the, in the, the gaming industry was actually Dan Thrawn, uh, who is uh, one of my co-hosts on the Martini Giants. So it's really kind of interesting mm-hmm. to hear all of those stories. But more importantly, this is really about some of the stuff he's been doing at Buck. And Buck is a really interesting company, an extraordinarily creative company that does really great work. Uh, and, you know, Doug's sort of taken over there as the, as the head of 3D. And he's been doing some really interesting work to, 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 to that position for a company that's that creative is actually a very challenging thing, especially considering that the fact that they're in many locations around the world these days, which is awesome mm-hmm. for them. So really cool to see uh, where Buck has been. And Doug is really a cool guy also, so it's nice to see that. Okay, Kristen, we have a couple of announcements. What's up? What's going on in the world right now? All right. You can find these out at chaos.com slash events. The first one is the Real-Time Conference, which you will be speaking at tentatively on the 28th. Um, yep. And you can find this out at realtimeconference.com. And it will be April 26th, 27th, and 28th. So that's the right. event. Mm-hmm. And registration is free. So if anyone can participate and there are events going on uh, all day across multiple time zones. So <laughs> you should be able to have something that's going on. And there's a lot of people who attend. It's very interactive. It really interacts with the the. the uh, the, the, the participants who are watching it, it is, as I said, it is the real-time conference and therefore it is not pre-recorded video. Uh, so that should be really interesting to see that as well. So I really highly encourage you guys to to check it out, the real-time conference. I'm going to be hosting a panel uh, that's going to be on the 28th, as Kristen said, and that panel uh, will be about uh, the metaverse and architecture. And it will be, I think will be pretty cool. The people on the panel, it's all tentative, so I'm not going to make final announcements, are really awesome. So I'm very excited about that. Again, that is on April 28th. And then what's the other uh, other event going on? Um, the other one will be on April 14th and it will be an online event and it's called Discover the Power of V-Ray 5 for Revit um, with one of our partners. Right. Novedge is doing that uh, on April 14th. So go check it out. Chaosgroup.com slash events for all of your event news. Uh, And we don't really have any new product announcements coming out just yet. There are new things happening. Brewing there always is. So if you want to know any more about that, make sure to check out chaos.com for all of those events and uh, uh, all of those announcements of our products going on there. But if people want to know more about the podcast, where can they go, Kristen? You can go to facebook.com slash cggaragepodcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. 
Oh, and youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. I'm going to forget about that. There you go. Right. And all of these podcasts are, of course, as, as Kristen uh, uh, mentioned, they are going to be in video format as well. So you can check those out, youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv for the podcast in there. And there's going to be a couple that are going to be very, very exciting to see in video form. Yeah. So you're going to want to check those out for sure. Uh, and, and they are on our Facebook page as well. So the videos are on our Facebook page.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash podcast. That's where all the videos are as well. If you have ideas of other podcasts or other things you want to do, Chris and I have been very busy. I am literally recording uh, nearly a podcast a day these days. So, uh, But if you have other ideas of podcasts that you want to hear about, let us know. Labs at chaosgroup.com is where you can reach us. We'd love to hear from you with all your feedback, your ideas, or your suggestions, or your questions. All right. Uh, that being said, please enjoy this awesome podcast with our good friend, Doug Wilkinson of Buck. Welcome to another CG Garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're going to fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. All right, so let's think about this, Doug. Uh, what show did we work on together? Was it Tron? Tron. Tron, okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure that one. Yeah. Right. What were you doing on what were you what 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 was it on Tron? What were you going on on Tron? Well, uh under Carl, Carl Denham. So it yeah. was it was uh light disc. Mm-hmm. And then and then uh a little bit of things here and there, and then um the heads. Oh, you did a bunch of heads. And we did the heads, yeah. Yeah, so you were doing mental ray head stuff. Yep. We were working with Kami and those guys. Yes, so awesome. <laughs> I have I, I have a, I still have very vivid memories of the excitement of working on that with that with you know, that was, was that was a that's probably the biggest show I've ever worked on. I think definitely the biggest show I've ever worked Me too. on because it was like a thousand people working on that movie that we were connected to. Uh, yeah. but it was uh it was quite a yeah, it was quite a thing quite a thing now i think it's what's also interesting is that obviously we you and i have that connection with tron but uh you also have a connection with lawn <laughs> oh yeah you know lawn okay yeah well i work with lawn. oh of course you know Sorry. of course you know lawn. you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking about when i met lawn at neoscape like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yes. Like, oh I know. God, of course, I know. Lon. Ay, yeah. Ay, ay. Yeah. So it's yes. been the, so, so, okay. So I, there's, the, there's a lot of interconnection. So we, what I wanted to do is we go through the stepping, stepping stones of that journey and how Lon ended up in that story and how I ended up in that story and then where we are That's today awesome. and where we're going in the future. So obviously you have some, resemblance of architecture in your background, some visual effects in your background and all that stuff. So where, where did this all start? Where did all the passion start? Uh, probably this is a totally typical answer. Um, Jurassic park. So, you right. know, like, okay. Uh, loved it. Loved the movie. But it, when I watched the making of and saw those like animators running around in the parking lot, climbing over bikes and things, pretending to be, you know, dinosaurs, I was like, 
I don't know if that's me, but I definitely want to work with those people. <laughs> you know, right. like I want to. I, this is this is amazing. I had no idea that this this was like even a profession. So right. Um. So had some aspirations to work in visual effects. The more I, the more I learned about it and researched it, the more I was like, this is such an amazing blend of technical and like just like raw computer horsepower and like yeah let's 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 just push let me get my hands on that i want to push that as far as i can push it you know right um and what were you doing at the time was, when you saw that yeah so that so 93 93 is when it that came was, out. Yep. so graduated high school in 97 and <laughs> went into computer I was computer science um, right. for two years and totally totally learned very valuable learned that I just this that was not for me but I knew but I was that kind of thinker um, analytical mm -hmm. and uh, but I uh, definitely was a visual person like I would frame through I, I this is so so nerdy but I, re I remember like get it having a, a vcr that would let me play back things and i could pause and it would actually give me like a still like a good quality and i would like frame through terminator and all these things and just i'm just trying to figure out like how how are they doing this stuff this yeah. is just like i have to know um and on dvd too i was just like what is going on this is absolutely amazing um yeah so that was really like where the inspiration came from and you know i knew i was good with technical stuff so i started as i started with computer science but totally was not it was not for me like once it started to get hard i knew i right I, you wanted to be an artist more than anything yeah and i did i switched i switched schools and i switched over um i eventually ended up at northeastern university in boston mm. which there's some connections <laughs> that i that i can make for you too that you okay. might find interesting um as a, like an art major with a concentration in animation. And at that time it was just, I mean, uh, um, Northeastern university is known as like a business school and a law school and a lot of engineering, not really known for that. It's art. <laughs> okay. Okay. Architecture program actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like this is becoming an artist, <laughs> learning to become an artist at a, uh, at a business school is super interesting. And, but uh, that's, that's actually what connected me with um, Ryan White and Dan Thron, and Dan Thron. Oh, you knew yeah. Dan? Yeah, yeah, I knew. That's where I. That's where I actually <laughs> knew Dan. Was was I took one of the classes I took uh, as a student there with three D class was taught by Brian Ryan White, and right. who who later went. Those guys later went on to start their own startup in Boston and. I was the first hire they ever made and we had a lot of fun together. We did some really hard projects and mm -hmm. it was really just like the more I got into it, the more I just became really hungry for, for more. Um, and that, that area, you know, Boston has a few things that still that, um, yeah. So what else was there? Neoscape. Neoscape, that was like yeah. my first, what I call my really, my first real internship was at Neoscape. Right. Um, and Lon was there and I still have good memories of that place. I really, like, I, I learned a lot about 
coming to a desk every day and having a job in the, in in an industry a three a 3d industry <laughs> at oh. all um it's just like i don't know this must have been 2000 around 2000 or 2001 or two mm-hmm. then later moved hooked up more with with dan and brian at their company which was called rust monkey at the time right and did some stuff for the video. There was a lot of video game production mm-hmm. that was done in that area. Um, and they had some connections there. So we worked on some cinematics, some in-game stuff. And you working a lot on of Thief stuff. at the time? Yeah, that's right. Thief. Cutscenes you know for Dan, Thief. You know Cut Dan for is, Never uh, Winter Nights. Yeah, you know yeah. that Dan uh, does a, we do another, I do a second podcast with him. Good. Yeah. Okay, I didn't, no, I didn't realize because I had listened to the ones that you guys had done on here and I was yeah, like- Yeah, so we is, spun it off. I love we spun it, it off okay. and that's, that's called Martini Giant and it's me and Dan Thrawn and Eric Sheely. I don't know if you know Eric Sheely, but- No. But, but yeah, Dan, Dan and I, uh, it's all about our passion for movies and you know that Dan's passion for movies. He's like a walking encyclopedia. I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I learned so much. I mean, that was really yeah. exciting going to- just Well, going Thief to was such a great, so, so you worked on Thief a little bit, huh? Yeah, I worked on the three that's a gr- three stuff. Yeah. That's a great game. It's a really great game. It's getting a mm. revival. There's a new fan, sort of underground fan basis. It's giving it oh, a nice. revival. Yeah. Really See, cool I was game. like, Dan would paint these paint. He would paint these Photoshop files that had thirty layers, which in at that time was slow. But he would he would do it, and he would paint in these. I mean, we used to joke and call it like Dan you know, Dan Ray or whatever. And he would mm-hmm. paint in all these highlights as separate layers. So there would be a shot with like a, you know, some, uh, like a fireplace and the camera moves and he would paint these like pre-warped lens warped images. And we would bring them into after effects, separate them all out into their layers, put, mm-hmm. you know, start animating these camera moves and, and moving these highlights around and flickering things. And it was like, it was really fun. Wow. Um, and so it started as really like, animating and after effects for them Mm -hmm. um i knew i always wanted to get into 3d and so when uh, we got a couple more jobs there and the big one we did that was 3d was a cutscene for empire earth 2 i think it was empire earth 2 um and it was it was it was really wild but it was really fun um and then it became like 2005 and and i was you know, there's just not a ton of stuff in the Northeast. So there, mm-hmm. there was this real like decision that was like, do I try to move to, um, I, I want to go to the work. So do I go to New York City and get more into like graphics packages and but what there was a there was the a time. guy there was someone in the north northeastern or northwestern Massachusetts that had a small like out of middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, who was uh, that? Pfizer Walzak. Pfizer Walzak. Yep. Those guys are amazing. They did a bunch of the stuff for X Men. Man, mm-hmm. I applied to that place so many times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was just like, dying to get into the there. one. The one place in Massachusetts that's yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was dying to get into there, but mm-hmm. they ended up. They ended up going into other stuff. They were actually doing these virtual human type. They were calling it synthespians at the time, yeah. and this was a while ago. But I think they moved on to like other things or they yeah. closed or sold or something. And, and I met Jeff Kleiser so a couple times. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice I always guy. got the impression that, that, that they were pretty visionary at that time. They were, you know, who else is, is still out there is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Doug Trumbull still lives out in Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, but he's, he did like 2001. So, <laughs> so funny to think it was so, yeah. Like as I discovered some of the stuff, there was another guy who, who ran optical 
printers mm-hmm. out there who I totally forgot his name, but it was so weird that it's strange because it's like farmland and and it's yeah. like nobody really thinks about western and it was in the north or, like like around where where around where uh what what's the the big uh williams like sort of williams north. yeah yeah so it's pretty rural out there and there's suddenly there's, there's a visual exactly. effects studio out in the middle of nowhere yeah, yeah. they did some uh, test stuff for matrix out somebody mm-hmm. i might have been trumbull or i don't know who it was but somebody was doing like test stuff for bullet time out there yeah um more more yeah. behind the scenes dvd sleuthing sure sure <laughs> but, sure um, but yeah, so New York City or or LA, and at that time, so mm-hmm. made the made the um, uh, at the time g- girlfriend, now my wife, mm-hmm. company. You know, like we were like, let's just do it. Uh, we have a Honda, you know, a ninety one Honda Civic with no <laughs> air conditioning, and <laughs> like count on one hand number of thousand dollars in our pocket really to Mm -hmm. just try and move out and we had the well i'll try to get a job at starbucks if nothing works out and then we came out here and i realized that like you so so this is around 2005 this would be 2005 yeah and you moved out to la yeah okay moved out didn't have yeah it was a real leap of faith probably in now i realize it was probably just being pretty impulsive <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like okay let's just do it yeah um it's funny because all the the backup was like oh i'll get a job at starbucks and then when you arrive to la you realize that all the starbucks jobs are hugely coveted by actors and writers mm-hmm. who are who are also trying to like break into the business mm-hmm. you know so oh, it's like oh god well it's not going to be a starbucks job as a backup right um but, you go anywhere in Venice, any all of the wait staff are extremely charismatic people because yeah, they're all actors. Exactly. <laughs> it's it was just like what a shock. I mean, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. That's mm-hmm. like growing up with cornfields on the edge of your of your mm-hmm. property and it was it was it was just completely surreal for yeah. a while, like multiple years because then I I started to realize that too. I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh." Every every everywhere. bartender is also an actor and a screenwriter and a director. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they're not like they see everyone. I was like, everyone is so friendly and they're just so I want to joke with you. And then I realized, like, oh, the don't I just wanted to be like, please, I wanted to wear like a sign that was like, don't I have no power in Hollywood. I am mm-hmm. not like gonna be able to hire you. Yep. You can just treat me however you want. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, it was and I applied to a bunch of places and got a call back from Digital Domain. Oh, um, wow. That's big. Honestly, I think I think it was really because I knew Lightwave. Oh, right. To be completely honest, it's mm-hmm. like, here's, here's fresh blood that knows Lightwave. His reel is not, you know, awful. There's a, a little bit of competency in there. And um, yeah, it was... It, they were just dying for they were dying for that and mm-hmm. i don't think that it was really sustainable i just think there wasn't much of a there there, there weren't a lot of people using lightwave right in the freelance community in los angeles in, no. in retrospect it was like it was on its way out slowly and that was that allowed me to get in there and i met a few other people who were who were young and trying to get in um john neas who ended up yeah. Uh, working on Tron as well, and mm-hmm. you know, a few other people, and yeah, I just was so lucky to have that opportunity. 
and I just ate it up. I mean, I really was like career 24 seven at mm -hmm. that point. Um, just wanted to learn everything I could. So in 2000, so 2005, you started at DD yeah. in the commercial department, assuming because of lightweight. Yep. Yep. So, Correct. uh, Ed Ulbrich was running commercials at that time. You got it. And you got so, people like Dan Thrawn such a force. and, uh, yep. and, uh, Carl Denham, uh, Chris Norpsham. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the, just the, in retrospect, Eric Barba, really, the, I'm assuming, the who's I'm assuming who. Eric, Eric yeah. was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was such, it was such a who's who of like, yeah, awesome stuff, you know, and you've, you, you, you spent time there too. So yeah, you know. Going from cornfields five years earlier to walking through, you know, models of from the Fifth Element, and <laughs> just and, like uh, a Titanic God, is there, and yeah, it was just like unbelievable. The Titanic model um, was always a little disappointing when you see it up close. You're like, oh, the Titanic, <laughs> and you get all close to it, it's like, wait a minute, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's cool, but it's it's no, it is. It, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. There was, there was like you know stuff from stealth. Uh, and uh, yeah. when the model shop was still active and they had uh, mm -hmm. the bus from Speed crunched, kind of crunched up the movie uh -huh. Speed, but it was only like about five feet long. Mm -hmm. um, it's really funny just to like walk by that and be like, oh, there's the bus from Speed. There's the thing from there. It's just like, right. where is this really happening to me? <laughs> um, yep. So I dug, I really dug in hard there and just was like, number one thing I wanted to do was when I realized oh, nuke, nuke compositors really have a, really set the look for things here. So mm -hmm. that was like my number one goal was like, I got to, I got to learn nuke and um, just kind of picked it up. Yeah. Opened other people's scripts, turned things on and off. Well, DD you is the, like the mecca for nuke, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. At the time it was nuke two and there was no, there was no, um, they hadn't started uh, encapsulating that into a separate product. Right. It was like D2. Then it became D2 software. D2 software, they started, right. They started selling it and then... Yeah, they, sold this, it, they sold it to the foundry. All this stuff. And, yeah. That's when things started getting complicated mm -hmm. um, with DD. But yeah, I mean, I have a lot of memories of DD, even though... Uh, my, my, kinda, first, my first stint at DD was 2002, I think. And uh, Nuke was, you open Nuke and it was nothing. It was just a blank slate. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and yeah. You, had, you had to like type in a command and it will, you had to know. Oh, you, you were, typed in you what were you in were early do, like you, do, you do add and then it would put an add node in there. And then you do malt and they put a malt node in there. So you had to know what you wanted. It's awesome. Yeah. It was very efficient. <laughs> Back it in was those very days. efficient. We were, also, we were also working at like SD res. So I think. Right. Yeah. It was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um, That's awesome. So what yeah, were so some of your memorable, commercials there. What are com memorable commercials you started working on over there? We worked on a commercial. I totally got myself in over my head on one commercial, um, which was for Heineken. It was a Super Bowl spot for Heineken. Mm -hmm. And it was directed by David Fincher. It had Brad Pitt was in this thing. And it was the story about Brad <laughs> Brad Pitt um, going to his refrigerator saw that he didn't, he was like, oh, I ran out of beer, Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I gotta get some beer. So he puts on his cool jacket with everything's cool. And he, uh, the the story is that like the paparazzi is kind of just like waiting around all the time for him to leave his, his apartment. Mm -hmm. And they start, 
they 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 now they see him like he's leaving to basically go to 7-Eleven and buy some Heineken. And so the whole mm-hmm. story is this comedy and really throwing, you know, it's like a comment probably from both David Fincher and I assume both of those guys like saying, mm-hmm. let's make this let's make the paparazzi look like complete idiots. So they mm-hmm. we used massive so this was the first time we used massive at dd um and i i begged to be able i was like please let me let me learn it i won't let you down right um so i ran massive on that job for like ended up being four or five shots of crowds of uh paparazzi just falling and there was these like huge aerial shots of like people it, it was it ended up being like 10,000 little agents running through the streets and stuff and it was yeah. an absolute nightmare for me i was totally in over my, my head um i got a ton of help by the lovely team at massive software at that time mm-hmm. they were so helpful and uh but i was like really just wanted to be at the forefront you know like i was like this is new um Massive is used in Lord of the Rings. Like mass, people are using Massive commercially now, and one person can create these ins- these these crowds. Like that's mind blowing to me. So um, that was like that was extremely memorable, um, and and super tough. It was it was Super Bowl, so it was like work. You know, I ended up having to work over the whole holiday break mm-hmm. to prep to prep stuff, um, but it was really amazing i got to go to set for fun basically i didn't really need to be there but they let me go to set so that was exciting um and uh yeah like what else was super good i mean there was there was uh started doing stuff for with joe kaczynski was directing so oh, we, right. i got to work on a hummer spot the hummer spot yeah which was this transforming, cool transforming car. It was like a, it was a total like guys, guys commercial. It was like, oh, let's like let's put these like rocket launchers on the side of this thing and mm. grappling hooks or whatever. Like it was, it was really like a meant to look like a video game, um, and that was really fun. That was my first time really leading something there, almost you know, real, really leading something in a serious production. Right. Um, and did a few more things as a lead there. Then left. I did, I did a big spot there. The last big thing I did there in commercials was, um, this multiple spots for the, the, um, Chevy Malibu, which Joe, Joe Kaczynski was directing and there was a bunch of different spots and was that, that with was the baby? a huge team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. I remember that. So su- super dystopian in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like really strange. Um, mm-hmm. but but I love you know, but it was really fun to 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 be there and work on that. And that, that really also- started Joe's career, honestly. I mean, I remember Joe, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember Joe way before that, but I remember when he was first okay. trying to try to get into the commercials and trying to do like he did when we, we were at I was at uh at uh, Speed Shape, he was trying to like do a spec commercial at Speed Shape. Exactly. And that's how he did it. And finally, he got a he got a deal to do the commercials at DD, and he got into the car commercial. Like, if you get into be a good car commercial guy, and that's obviously because of Fincher's influence, because I think Fincher mm-hmm. sort of always liked what he did. Uh, that really started it. And uh, if it wasn't for those good that that good under 
you know, foundation of him doing car commercials. Uh, yeah, that that's what allowed him to do Tron and Oblivion and, you know, obviously now yeah. Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun is a very fancy Gosh. car commercial, if you think about it. <laughs> and so and so is so is Tron, if you think about it. Tron, the light yes, back sequence totally. is a, it's like a it's a beautiful, you know, nine minute car commercial. <laughs> You know, and it's architectural, and it's oh, like yeah. design. It's these are it's so many of his strengths. Um, yeah, in the in that movie. Yeah, I don't mean to disparage car commercials are actually really good and very talented. Group I mean, of people need to do those things. Yeah, I mean, like we, it, it when I went from working on car commercials to working on cell phones. Yeah. To like, there's always. Did there's you work always, on the like, Did you work on the Nine Inch Nails video? No. Okay, that was out. That was before you got there, right? No, that was like the first time they used V-Ray. Yeah, well, in commercials. I don't know if that's actually true, but yeah, it in is. commercials. Thank you, thank you. Right, because you mentioned Speed Shape too. Like all of this, I, I should have like the uh, the pin up the pin board with with the the string, because mm-hmm. like Speed Shape <laughs> is Rob Niederhorst and Rob, Nied- you know, and like I I don't think I've ever met the dude in person, but I really? have been in the. I feel like I've been in the room. Right after he left, on multiple occasions, almost like figuratively, right. because I, I ended up working at Sway. I ended up, you oh, know, yeah, like that, that was a Sway. I, I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, so, but after, you know, after right. you guys, and and he was in, he was at DD. Sort of, I'm just going all over the place in time here, but mm. he was at DD. He did some shots for Stealth. Is the this is sort of the legend? Is like he did some shots for Stealth. Um, yeah, in, guess who introduced in him to V-Ray? Guess who introduced him to uh, V-Ray? Okay, here we go. <laughs> well, now I know the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he likes to See? take credit for the V-Ray thing. Well, he was good at actually getting it used, but I was the one who's like, "Here, yeah. try this." Yeah, you should look into this, right? Yeah, because they were doing Thank the stealth you. test. The stealth <laughs> test was Brazil V-Ray Lightwave and Renderman. God. Yeah, Brazil. and it was okay. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The, by the way, render wars are useless. I don't care who tells you who they are, and trust me, I work for a renderer. The the only thing that counts with a render war is everything should look exactly the same because two plus mm. two equals four. And no matter what right. math you're using, <laughs> you know, it's always going to be four. And uh, the only thing that matters is how fast it renders and how fast it got, allow you to get there. And course, that's yeah. the only thing. And if anything looks better, then you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, like, and today I would say also, all of those things plus work like usability and workflow, mm-hmm. you know, like that's yeah. a huge differentiator now is like, you know, because it used to be about, will this thing even run right at this resolution? And can you even rent afford to render motion blur on something that's reflective? Yeah, yeah. Those and are all solved problems. now. <laughs> those are all totally solved problems. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. Well, now you got to carry that you know, all the way through to real time. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good stuff. Which well, cool. we're trying, okay. You know, so, we're, so I, I don't, I want to distract your story, but I like, I love going on little sidelines like this. Cause it's I like, know. Oh, oh yeah, that. me too. <laughs> this isn't good. We're, I don't think we're going to be a good combination for this. Cause that's, that's what I do too. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. So the Malibu V-Ray, stuff, right? Like V-Ray, the Malibu yeah. stuff, like finally it was like, Oh, we're here. You know, these are these tests. Look at these tests. Mm-hmm. This stuff is incredible. It looks so realistic and. Um, then when you saw the, how easy, you know, the V-Ray, I remember it was called like the V-Ray power shader or something. I think mm-hmm. I heard at that time, maybe it became advanced. Oh yeah, yeah. Later. just became the V-Ray shader. <laughs> In the V-Ray, and then the V-Ray, you know, it was like, oh my God, this thing is like insane. Are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is just 
drop I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it. I'm 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 gonna forget. Like it's more realistic than Lightwave and way easier and faster than Mental Ray, which was really like those were the things that I had access to at the at where the places I was working. And so right. I really kind of I knew how much it, easier it made my job. So I kind of like, that's what sort of drew me to Sway a little bit was, um, oh, this is this is this little V-Ray shop and they're doing um, all this cool stuff. They're doing a lot of cars, but they're starting to do like other things. And um, so, yeah, so I spent some time there after you and and Rob, apparently. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> which is a terrible name, maybe I should. Anyway, uh, yeah, so from there, and then I started... One of my buddies from school had moved out to LA around 2006 and he did like one job at Digital Domain and, and this, it just wasn't for him. He was much more of a design. He was interested in design, um, extremely creative. His name was Jeremy Solomon. He was, mm. um, he's the one who connected me with, with Buck, Buck Design. And... Um, he pulled me after, you know, okay. So like basically the connection is after the Chevy Malibu job, I was really interested in sort of exploring and I felt like I had a couple years of that big, big studio experience. And I kind of wanted to freelance a little bit, see what that was like. And so it was, a, this was an opportunity for me to go and um, kind of partner up with him and we would freelance at a few places. So I worked at Logan and a few of these other places that, and the, and the, what was appealing about it was that it was the opposite of, it was complete opposite of like a place like digital domain. They were, the place was bright, mm-hmm. <laughs> huge windows, totally mm-hmm. not, you know, like a pi- there was no pipeline in these places. It was very like you would come in and you, you had the solutions, like you, you could help them to get, their vision built. And so it was um, setting up render farm and doing all these other things. And it turns out like, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the breadth of, of working at these small places. And when I got to, when I got the chance to freelance with Buck, it was really fun. And the projects were super goofy compared to. um, When was this that you were working with them? I work first worked for them freelance in I think oh six. And it's it's a confu I mean, here it is. Like I worked I worked with them freelance. Um I became staff with them for about a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And then I left. Uh it got just got really overwhelming. That was also when the sort of financial meltdown was was really taking hold and they were really starting to get into visual effects at that time, trying to compete with Motion theory became Murata later, um, right? And it was hard. It, it was just it was it was very stressful. There was there was really just a few of us there, so I took some time off and left Buck. Went back to DD when I heard they were using V-Ray on a feature. Right. <laughs> okay. So I got I got to tell you. I honestly, heard I was like, yeah. I, I, there's a, there's <laughs> a lot of parallels between what you went through and what I went through, and I'll explain why. Okay. So I was at Sway. And the sway from 2006 to 2008, right? And one of the big jobs I had at Sway was uh, we were hired as a subcontractor to Buck to do a car commercial for Corolla. Yes, the Toyota. The Toyota. 
Yes. And I was the head of that at the time. And was it awful? It must've been awful working for So it, it, so it was a, it <laughs> was a time. very, ch- I, I don't know if it was really awful. I'll tell you exactly what okay. happened on it. It was, it was a huge, it was basically the idea was we're going to make like a four minute commercial with the idea was they wanted to showcase all the different features that this Corolla had. And for different regions, they would cut in different features that you would want, or they could change it out. So it is, you take a, make a, like a two minute or a three minute commercial, and then you make a, you cut it out into like, you take the beginning and the end, and then all the features in the middle, you can swap around. And it was all shot on miniature, which was mm-hmm. their big idea, which was a cool idea. And we got to work with miniatures. And then we're going to put CG cars into the miniature. So it was like camera traveling around this miniature thing. And then we had the CG car in there. And it all happened around the holidays, just like you were describing before. So you like, you totally missed your holidays, et cetera, et cetera. Now the buck people were, like you mentioned, are extremely creative, right? And the Sway people are like dead-on accurate car people, right? So doesn't always jive with like, can we do this? You know, like, so it became interesting. But they were, I really liked the attitude. And they actually used to hang out at Sway. uh, And I think Jeremy, that name sounds familiar. Might have been one of the guys. I'm sure he he was there at the time. Yeah. And it was, it was really kind of interesting. I liked it. They listen, they, they, they went to a high end uh, soda pop store and gave us a bunch of really high end sodas as a gift once. And I thought that was really awesome of them. So I liked doing that. I liked filming stuff. And then I went to mm. method after that. And mm. I ended up leaving method because I heard, got wind that uh, they were looking for someone who was a V-Ray expert for their first big feature to use V-Ray. So same thing as you. That's awesome. <laughs> so we ended up back at DD for the same, same inspiration. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was count me in, you know, yeah. I just, I had just sort of reached my limit at the time. Um, really it was rough like being, so I, I went there after the, you know, I mean, even I'm losing track, but I, I wasn't there. I wasn't at Buck at the time that, that, that Corolla thing, that the mm-hmm. Corolla job happened, but, um, definitely I ended up going there and saying, well, we can do this ourselves. You know, we should, we should learn to do this. Yeah. Um, we should try at least. Yeah. But you guys and, did such great, duh, uh, like <laughs> Buck does such great commercials. The one with like the bear drinking cola was just yes. absolutely like cracking me up. The, such <laughs> great creative groups. And that was a really great thing about Buck is like the creativity coming out of there and the sense of humor. Obviously the sense of humor was a yeah. big one too. Uh, yeah. It's it, sure. it just really different. Everything was really different there. Um, uh, but the fact that like the biggest difference was directors were, would work for production companies when you were in, you know, when you were, when you were at Sway or, or at uh, Digital Domain, you know, there, mm-hmm. there wasn't that much stuff being directed in-house at that time. Mm-hmm. And at Buck, they almost never, almost never have used an outside director. And it turned, you know, it's like, here's all, here's all these, you know, guys and girls were all super young, thrown into this room together, and everybody kind of gets to say what whatever they want. It, well, at least it would feel this way mm-hmm. when you're this, when you're trying to, you know, like run a CG job. And you just have comments coming all the time, you know, full access, full access. Like the directors are sitting, you know, one row over. And so it's, it's different. You don't have that cadence where you would have dailies didn't really mean anything. It was like, Hey, I'm looking through the server and I'm seeing some things. And the iteration speed 
was it was it was awesome it was but it was like basically it was thrilling because it was extremely challenging and mm-hmm. um they were constantly asking for things up until the very last minute pretty trust like they definitely became very trusting to say can we do this but they never hold back held back anything you know there'd be mm-hmm. there'd be these moments where in the last 48 hours of a job they'd be like we think it'd be cooler if this character was like on a skateboard for the whole spot like is that can we do that or what you know those were those were the early days of learning learning you know like calibrating to each other Mm -hmm. um but i was i was really uh i've always been the kind of person that even in school even in college when i was learning lightwave i loved to read the manual understand everything try all the buttons and then start helping other people with their schoolwork and i would put my own stuff last because i just really loved um empowering other people and so going to buck was perfect um this is an amazing opportunity no render farm no no folder you know no real understanding pipeline uh, was more of an idea (laughs) yeah pipeline was like pipeline our first pipeline which you couldn't even call it that by today's standards but was something i wrote staying there late from like 7 p.m to 9 p.m or 10 p.m just like for a couple months i would write like this little tool and that little tool here's a published tool here's an import tool here's um something to acetize here's something to you know just like little maya blibs and bobs and Mm -hmm it would kind of be strung together and everything would work perfect as long as we didn't do a weird job, but at buck out there, there, they were all kind of a little different. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was a really fun challenge and switching them over from mental Ray to V Ray was really fun, really, really fun. Hmm. Um, and at that time there weren't a lot of V Ray freelancers in the Maya world that were in, uh, sorry, that yeah. were in, uh, sort of this motion graphics, Mm-hmm. Grow, growing up kind of kind of motion graphics growing up to do some big stuff right um so we were training people yep they would you know we would set aside a day or two and they could pick it up so quick because it was so it was so much easier it's intuitive um, yeah. than mental ray at that time mm-hmm. um rest in peace mental ray mm-hmm. and and yeah like from there it was just continuing to build work on the work on the farm, you know, like, who are we going to hire? How are we going to do this and get asked to do harder and harder jobs? Mm -hmm. Um, and I have now been there since 20 January of 2011. So 10 years, right. Um, straight this time, the longest I've ever worked anywhere. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And we're, we're, we continue to basically our, you know, some of those similarities are still there. Um, extremely fast iteration, a lot of, you know, everything's still directed in house. We're doing a wider variety of work. We slowly got into. We wanted to do character animation. We we were able to do that. Um, we wanted to be able to do more high end hardware rendering. Like very, res- we we wanted to be respected in that way as mm-hmm. well. Which um, we have pretty much done um we've worked on some keynotes i'm probably not supposed to mention them but uh so i won't but we've met we've worked on keynotes some fruity companies some fruity fruity keynotes (laughs) can neither confirm nor deny uh yeah (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and you know just like just 
very lots of challenges um we're dream always dreaming bigger and the company has continued to grow in a way that feels still feels pretty goofy and is slowly growing up but holds on to a lot of that humor and um the design sensibilities continue to just amaze me and it, it's it still really just continues to be a place that you know i get to i get to be around people who have great ideas and i help help them you know achieve them and th- that feels awesome. like a accomplishment you know now does the office still downtown that's where it used to be right no we're we um moved about let's see about a when was it a year two it would be about two and a half years ago now we moved mm. to an area called Lincoln Heights, which is oh. north of Chinatown nestled yep. in some highways. And, um, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's what was Lacey street production studios, which actually still ex- exists, but mm. we bought, we bought a, we basically bought this place that like, it's very large. Uh, it's got seven buildings. It's an old, um, historical, <laughs> factory um mm-hmm. which had been converted 30 years ago into um a shooting like shooting stages pretty raw mm-hmm. space but uh ncis and there's a lot of stuff that gets shot um oh, i can't remember that oh, the one that's set in in portland i can't remember the name of that it's another co- like police drama right. they're shooting there all the time and um yeah, it's just it's just another place in LA that people shoot. It's got some stages and but we moved into this massive place because we wanted to like have space to build, do miniatures. Um and and uh we have done some major fabrication and sh- and shooting there. The there's one spot in particular that we did that which is um it was called Share Gifts. It was an Apple holiday film from about 2 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a combination of miniatures and and cg characters and some some full cg but it was i, I remember this shot yeah 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 it's well tell, it's, tell us what uh, it is so people can uh, and if you have the link share it with it because i remember that shot that was pretty cool i will i will sh- i will definitely share the link it's um i think it's still on on youtube it's i think it's called share your gifts and um i think that's how they've titled it mm-hmm. externally to the world and um this was like four months four and a half months and it was a three minute film it was a holiday film um, for Apple to, you know, it's just about creativity and um, a story of a female who sort of doesn't, you know, she does all this artwork, but she kind of locks it away in a box. She doesn't really want to share it. And, you know, like this, there's an event that triggers sort of her work to be, the wind takes it away. And yeah. um, there it is. It's like, you, you should, you should watch it. It's, it's, I don't know. I remember of, that spot. It was kind great. of touching. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's about it's like like, like having all your ideas like it, but you have to let your ideas exactly out into the world. Exactly. It was really great. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, being an introverted artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I can identify with with some mm-hmm. of that too. And um, yeah, but it was it was a massive parallel. Uh, just really breakneck speed, and the fabrication that was done is crazy the i'll i'll share the behind the scenes too because you but it really is a great example of the kind of work that we love to do it's got characters miniatures again <laughs> we're moving cameras around over miniatures tracking things in we got some like great design 
some sort of goofy character moments and it's hopefully touching and you know this is two years ago now but that's like we've continued to sort of use these spaces that we have now um and we're exploring using them for real time using them for um you know maybe virtual production maybe some things like that too mm -hmm. trying 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 to look into those those real time you know all of these so another avenue of computer graphics in general that's absolutely that's absolutely it's opening up absolutely so what is so so what is what's your role i mean obviously you know it sounds like like buck is like you, your role is just to be the the most awesome person you can be but what is what is your role at, at buck is there a specific role you have there or what's what's kind of the things you do i am the global head of cg and we have new york we have offices new york la uh sydney and now amsterdam wow and Buck's um Bunt gotten really big <laughs> really yeah we how are big is it? how many two, how many people 270, 270. wow yeah no it's it's yeah i mean i i, I yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. hard for me to imagine. It's become it's it's we've really gone from being that s smaller boutique kind of company to more of um, at least in numbers to uh, to a medium probably I guess you'd call it a medium right. sized company in the world of business. But um, the the I mean yeah. So okay. So what am I doing? That's what basically trying to help us coordinate standardize our workflows make sure that pipeline is moving through it's really continues to be about building um but a, quite a bit of working with leads um helping the site supervisors tackle new jobs working together um it, it's it's very administrative and it's it's a lot of conversation and yeah. um yeah, it's been I've been off the box for a while. For, I know it's sad when you know, most of your years. job is email, <laughs> but I still you know, love it. Called, yeah, I still love it. I still love it because yeah. there's so many great things that are happening at the same time. Every one of those emails that you send out creates great, wonderful things. It gives opportunities for people to do really cool things. So yeah, um, no, exa exactly. It's like mm -hmm. uh, the, the the basically the challenges of helping us accomplish newer and bigger jobs. I'm I'm just trying to stay toe to toe with those with those challenges and the way to solve them now is like really about um finding talent, empowering uh and you know personally trying to maintain the culture like helping to maintain the culture, helping to um protect, you know, the artists like I we've all had the experiences at various studios i think like well you you and me i definitely know we have that where like things can go awry or there's uh just we're grinding gears sometimes and you know sometimes it's personality sometimes it's support sometimes it's like why are we working all night and things and so really trying to um i you know that's one of the things i've always been still really trying to protect is can we just like have please have a place where this team um they they still want to come to work every day even though they've been working here for a long time like how can what do we have to do to make sure that people are excited about work so it's making sure they're challenged they have creative opportunity protecting their work-life balance which has been a huge theme for all of us in the last you know year but even before working from home it was uh 
it's still a challenge because there's mm. people can work people can make when you're when you're an artist and you're in a small team there's you feel a lot of responsibility so just trying to really help um set support structures that that allow us to like decompress if talk about what, what, how to do it better and um just make sure the tools are always working right and mm -hmm. and because i think all of that stuff is like little little bits keep focusing on these little pieces but they all add up to like making sure that we're having fun and <laughs> um people are just happy and they want to they want to stay because we're always looking for you know like all like all creative companies we we really want the best talent in the world and we want them to to want to work here and stay stay working with us so that's from setting up a render farm to to now like thinking about this stuff it's it's been a my career has definitely um been very dynamic and exciting right right well that's awesome that's definitely awesome uh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I think Buck is like I said. They've always done some really great work. And whenever we've, uh, you know, I mean, over the years, you know, at Chaos Group, I've been at Chaos Group now seven years, so it's the longest time I've been at working at any place. Uh, I can't call it group anymore; I just have to call it Chaos because we just rebranded everything. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, anyway. Uh, I know that every time we do a reel and there's a bunch of really interesting, like unusual things that you it's like, ah, it's probably Buck. <laughs> <laughs> Try, yeah. We're trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to share stuff. I love to get stuff in there if I can. It's yeah. Great, it's great. great way to be recognized. And I'm, and it's always exciting. I mean, I always try to submit and then it's always fun to see what you guys choose. Um, yeah. 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 The, the, the stuff from Buck has always been, it's been interesting. What so so you obviously you've been in the company a couple of times, but let's tell us talk a little bit about the history of Buck. Where did it all start? I mean, what what's what's sort of the origin story of that company? The origin story, um, there, so I you know the the way that it really was spearheaded was um, Jeff Ellermeyer. Um, he had been working in tech in the for a while he, i believe he was com, like a computer science computer science uh that was where it's what his foundation was mm -hmm. but he got more into business and he um was 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 kind of part of like dot com i think so yeah. he had some success off of that so like it was like music.com or mp3 mp3.com like a few of these bigger he was he, he had like a hosting company i believe some somehow he got to be in a place where he um he's always appreciated art and very like uh what's the right word like the company the buck is buckminster fuller and that type of oh, thinking right. and that type of like questioning and and elegance of problems and solutions i think is has is part of the creed and it's woven in from the beginning and so he always knew like uh, was interested in art and wanted to, I think it was really just wanted to like get like, what's a company, what's a business that I can be involved in that's going to produce artwork, but is a sustainable, you know, that can actually make money and, you know, not an art, not an art gallery. Like how, like what is, what does this look like? And so it was right. very design focused and um, started in 2003, I believe. Okay. And it was in um, 
Koreatown in a tiny this was like 2020 Wilshire Boulevard floor or uh-huh. something. It was a you know a room with a few people, but that's when I first walked into the doors, and um, he it, Jeff connected. I mean, if I remember this correctly, there's there's even like a Craig the story of like him reaching out, sort of however he could, like even on Craigslist, saying like I'm interested in you know people who want to do this. So there was a connection to um, Heavy.com, which I think was a design uh-huh. a design. Uh, I don't want to call it a design house, but uh, websites and more creative type of dot com. And uh-huh. they anyway they connected. It, Ryan Honey was uh, one of Ryan, the founders. Was Ryan Honey a director as well? Yeah. Okay, so I think he, Ryan was the director of the Corolla yeah. Spot. I bet he was. I bet he was there. Um, in yeah, the room, he's a funny guy for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Ryan. Um, Orion Tate and Jeff Alamire. So those are the th- the three guys that started okay. this this place, and it was always like, you know, it was it, it was coming off of um, the late '90s, early 2000s. There was this sort of evolution on the web, where I'm remembering a couple famous places like MK12 and another website called Too Advanced where they were just doing yes. like, it was all this like flash animation and it was, it was like wild. It was very fast and lines It was drawing, the beginning were, of the, of yeah. what they would call multimedia. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like macro, yeah. Macromedia director yeah. was a thing mm-hmm. then. And, and they, you know, there was arrows and everything for a while. And then there was like flowers and everything. And there was, so it was all these like growing and it was, uh, it was illustrations, really beautiful illustrations that were meant to animate and mm-hmm. their bread and butter, um, was really around after effects animation 2d motion graphics some 3d motion graphics and they would just tell you like create you know it was just like all about cool stuff they wanted to go find um and create design together um and for a long time buck was really design you know we would say it's design driven design driven um we don't say that anymore now we know it's talent driven that's truly what to truly what the company is mm-hmm. um but uh yeah it was it was really just around visual visual arts and you know let's try to get into uh you know expand that and they did they started to do a little bit of live action and and then cg yeah because they knew this, these are cool jobs too, and they've already done, you know, motion graphics, gra- you know, graphics packages, like all of those, like animating some like giant ones they did were like MTV Music Awards and Kami Awards. They would do all of these like spinning animating um, 2D pieces, and naturally, as style progressed into 3D, they were already had these connections with these clients, and they would say, oh yeah, let's, like, can you do this type of work for us? Can you do this type of work for us? And then narrative got introduced along the way and they were and the people they were hiring were interested in more in storytelling mm-hmm. and so that became a part of it and once you let storytelling in you lose you lose your mind and you you know like you right. you're willing to do anything to, to to work on that kind of work because it's so fun and satisfying um right yeah that's amazing that's really amazing i remember oh my god 
Yeah, it was it was it was great uh, working with it. I mean, it, what was so sad about the Corolla spot is that it got canned. But the reason it got canned, I don't know if you know this, we worked. We actually created this monster, awesome package of all the stuff the Corolla could do, and then the market crashed in two thousand eight, and the people at Toyota said, "Cancel that entire thing." The only thing that matters is miles per gallon. So they just made a, they took the whole campaign and just used running footage and right. put miles per gallon. That's it. Oh yeah. That sounds so, that sounds so like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they it was spend like, we a need lot to be of money on this. We have to be <laughs> humble and we have to be, it has to be all about value now. And it's not yeah. like, oh, you can add this kind of sunroof or like these like yeah. running fenders and all this like cool wheels. And yeah, it was like, no. It's like, it was a great campaign and it was really a shame that that happened. But I remember it was fun and it was fun working on miniatures too. It was actually the first time I'd worked on a miniature and that was their idea. Like, I really want to make it, make it look like a miniature. And I was like, this is really cool. So we did that, that and it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah. You know, if you see Ryan, tell him if he remembers that commercial. Cause I, I actually had a lot oh, of fun he, with Oh, for that. sure. Yeah. We still have, we still have stuff pinned up. We had stuff pinned up, um, just till that, you know, year or two ago that we moved, moved to this new site. We still have like Toyota, like big printouts from jobs. And there was a bunch of stuff from Toyota still on there. Yeah, that's cool. from that from that spot because it's like it's just super cool. It was it, was um, it looked really good. Creative. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Thank you. No, <laughs> I was well, I was in that bucket. It was time, your but. idea. I mean, we were just dry. <laughs> it was funky to try to track the because it was a miniature, so we had to track the miniature and then make a CG version and, and then drive a yeah. CG car because you remember how sway worked. You had to drive a CG car mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. this funky Graham miniature Fife. road. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so as head of global. Uh, 3D for Buck. Uh, tell me what your what you think a company like yours, especially a very creative and uh, open ended uh, company like yourself. How do you guys see the future of what CG is going and creativity is going, and especially now in the the post pandemic era that we're entering? What's what are your thoughts there? There's a lot of things going on between virtual production, working from home. Like right. what what what? <laughs> I mean, you've got to have a lot of yeah. thoughts in this area. I mean, I am. St I'm still. I'm in this with everyone else in the industry. So we're yeah. all, we're all still reacting. Um, f for sure. The you know. So like, what are the biggest changes? Have been um, interesting. Interested in real time rendering and and really through creative technology, which is you know VR, AR lightweight mobile rendering um maybe even server side rendering things taking you know we're doing a lot of exploration of trying to merge this type of very open-ended creative thinking with very technical code bases and and like software stacks and things so um that is happening outside the purview of the of of the 3d department but it's it's tightly related. We're producing assets and involved in those in those kinds of jobs. So like that's something that's you know really as like the screens change. I guess you could say we're we're always going to be drawn. We're we're always riding that wave. So if uh, or rather when it went from TV to mobiles, we started rendering everything vertically and and it's and it's everything's really short and it's lots of little pieces and. Um, bits for social and i think really what 
we're seeing now is that these screens are going to start to blend in with reality through um, devices like HoloLens, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, what can I render on a on a like a mobile GPU in real time? How can I make that look really good with with those limitations? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, as like f- interconnectivity. 5g wireless and these things like this sounds i'm not i'm honestly not trying to sell anything but like mm-hmm. i really believe that like rendering on server may come back as well where you're just like pumping through really high really high res graphics that are being rendered in right. um real time through like kind of like what we're seeing with with those services like google stadia that are just really game streaming services like eventually i think that will be integrated with sensors on the you know that the user is holding and rendering happening on device or or close to the device um, from the cloud, maybe mm. that is going to open up a ton of just like a ton of avenues for creativity and interaction. So I think that maybe what we're calling experiential, maybe what we're calling like XR, like those things are going to have a huge impact. Um, and and it's all sort of happening around game engines right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very excited to see that you know that chaos is is staying you know is is there as well right. with vantage vantage and and maybe even v-ray vision like those things are very interesting to me and i would rather have those those kinds of technologies come into the dccs that we're already using like i would love for those technologies to come closer to maya than for us to go work in a in a um you know a, a game development environment that happens to have a really awesome real-time rendering system right um like on real or Unity. well the thing that vlado and i always say is like you know real-time rendering is going to replace offline rendering for sure because we're that's the next logical step but mm-hmm. rasterized rendering is not going to replace real-time ray tracing so ray tracing yeah so so we've always been dedicated to ray tracing right so vision is is you know it's one way to sort of get a little better rasterization in there but that's not really our future our future is really lies where fully ray traced environments are right so that's where we're going to be looking to um, and and that is where I see the future of all of this being. And yeah. there's a lot yeah. of companies out there that are saying real-time ray tracing, but you and I know that's not real-time ray tracing. It's yeah. basically no, real-time it's, rasterizing it's with a little yeah. bit of ray tracing on top. <laughs> right, exactly. And a <laughs> and ton which is of what denoising. you and I did back in the early 2000s, <laughs> and it was horrible. Yeah. Yes, Yes, definitely. Um, you I have waiting, to basically, you know, you're basically asking it to render twice. You're asking to rasterize it and yeah. then ray trace it on top of that. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that they're doing, you know, that they're trying to path trace these things, sort of, or the going going with these more noisy approaches is like the the denoising is is as much of a miracle of sort of what oh, is yeah. RTX and these like the denoising algorithms are doing so much work because when you look at it without that, you can see, yeah, they're taking like one sample per pixel. You know, they're taking <laughs> yeah, yeah. the stuff is super noisy, and the amount of noise and grain that they're removing mm-hmm. is is incredible um, to keep things running you know in, in video games at those so but, but but yeah like i totally agree that um that that getting that like probably someone will be able to run that type of um fidelity like today's fidelity uh, that works on on a playstation 5 or something will probably be in a mobile device at some point oh, yeah. um and who knows what will be happening on the big you know 
back on the big hardware crunching. Um, yeah, but I think you're right. I think remoting into a computer that will do it for you makes more sense. So, but the only way that's going to happen is if you reduce latency, and latency is your 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 problem. Yeah, for so, for, right. for yeah, definitely, yeah, for like interactivity and, um, yeah. So like that's definitely uh, for the buck perspective on that is just to try to to do it with the most amount of polish and the highest fidelity, and and you know to try to to try to be known for um, really producing the highest quality image, you know? Right. Um, but you so guys are beyond the highest quality image. You guys are looking at narrative. <laughs> you guys are looking at creativity and you guys originality. So all yeah. of those things are things that you guys are strong at doing. You just happen to deliver it into a really nice image as well. <laughs> I, yeah. I should say that's probably more my, that's probably more my hangup is that I am really still, I'm really still like the, you know, I, I would rather, let it cook and have it come back kind of as a right co correctness or whatever you 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 guys would call sure. it is you know like I, I still appreciate that and i'm i think we're getting pretty close to being able to see that in real time at a, at a level where we can start to really have fun with it and and be creative and not maybe go through so many so much baking and so much um you know Kind of like having to do all of this work up front, so that when you when you run the thing in real time, it looks as close as possible to the offline. Um, right. I think we're we're it feels like we're getting pretty close to to having this happen. Um, you know, to the point where, oh, okay, like maybe we don't need to bake as much stuff. And sure, I I need to have like I can't be using tons of procedural textures and deep shading networks, and that's not going to work in real time. But um, uh, you know we can still make a very good looking image and, and I'd like to, I'd like for it always to be as, as, as close to offline rendering as possible. Nice. Um, yeah. And, and it like, so that's, that's my perspective and sort of the, the more traditional CG perspective, the rest of the company, like you said, is branching out into multiple areas. Um, there's so much more that we do now um, that, that I, you know, like, branding and and uh just like ip we're starting i mean that's something that's like the dream um mm -hmm. is to pivot and 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 create and own our own some of our own things um and it's really wide open right now it's like maybe gaming maybe um maybe uh like uh you know episodic or you know story anything that's like really narrative and story based but i have a feeling it's going to be probably not be your traditional sort of like let's buck we'll pitch on movies i think it's going to be more interactivity and and sort of more on these smaller scale kinds of interactions like storytelling directly to children through through kindles or through like devices like future devices and rendering in real time and and really just trying to provide you know like audio experience you know have it all there have the right sound and story and and um, animation, right? To go with it, it's a lot. There's a lot. It's a lot of stuff, man. There's a lot of yeah. It's like it's really, um, it's really gone from being like, uh, let's be the best at these like three or four things to trying to 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 do um, 
to be to be the best in other areas too you know and and right. we're going to be careful about it and make sure that we always you know try to <laughs> you know that we 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 want to we want to protect our our reputation and let people know that like they they should come to us for for a certain quality level and they're going to you know and service they're going to get it. things but but yeah that's awesome. Well, listen, we've we've gone over an hour, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But this has been Thank really you. great catching up with you and and seeing yeah, all this stuff. It. And uh, it's it's nice to think about those. We had we had a lot of fun at DD together. I do remember those Tron days. Mm-hmm. They were they were a blast. And yeah. it's so funny. I didn't realize your connection with Thrawn. I was like, oh my god, because you know Thrawn, he he directed that V Ray IRL piece, right? You remember yep. that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so. So it's been it's been uh, it's been really great, and and please give my best to the guys at Buck, and you guys have always been great, great collaborators on on stuff that we do for uh, for uh, you know Chaos Group or Chaos. I got to get used to it. It's been twenty years, dude. I'm sorry. It's only been a week that I've been used to Chaos. So uh, so yeah, thank you so much for for all that stuff, and and uh, it's I can't wait to see what you guys are gonna do next. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. It was a total pleasure. Thanks for having me. 